0: so sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So
2: it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. Delighted to come back to you again with another one of my scouting series for a player who hasn't been linked with Aston Villa yet, or hasn't been linked with them at all, should I say, but has been linked with moves to Manchester United, Spurs, West Ham, you know, upper echelon Premier League teams, and somebody I wanted to have a look at because he may not be a household name and he may not be somebody that may be on on anybody's radar, but he's somebody, I think, that based on his usage based on what he, brings to the, what he brings to the table and based on the fact that he's kind of used to not playing as the main man uh, as a striker, um, could be very pivotal to Aston Villa if we wanted to bring someone in to compliment Danny Ings and to compliment Ollie Watkins. And the reason I'm looking at strikers like that and I'm not going for the big fish is because it's kind of came out in the last 24 or 48 hours that Villa aren't going to go and blow a wedge of cash on a massive, um, a massive big-name striker. Um, and that they're going to focus more so on midfield reinforcements. And I think that's smart from Villa. Although I would like them to bring in another striker to compliment Cameron Archer, to compliment Danny Ings and to compliment Dolly Watkins. I just don't know if the striker is there this year for them to go and maybe they might overpay for a striker. Saying that, I've got two other strikers in this series that I'm going to be releasing podcasts on, one tomorrow and one the day after. Or maybe even I might do two tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see. And uh, we, I will be looking at two other strikers, one of them, which is a bigger name and is more of a household name. And the other one is somebody that i have liked to look of in the Bundesliga that may not be on everybody's lips as well. But that's for another day. Today is Habib Diallo's day and we're going to take a little look at him as well. But before we do, I want to take a look at Strasbourg firstly. So he plays with Strasbourg, as I mentioned, and Strasbourg had a really good season last season. They sacked their coach, Thierry Laurier, at the end of his contract. They let his contract run out. Um, and that ran out on the 30th of June, 2021. And they brought in a manager called Julien Stefan. And Julien Stefan has really gotten a, he's gotten a a tune from this squad. And they, this squad finished sixth of the same in uh, Ligon. They finished three points behind uh, Europa League qualification and only six points. Um, sorry, they finished uh, three points behind Europa League qualification, correct? And six points, should I say, behind Champions League qualification. So they had a really good season. They they scored 60 goals and um, had a plus 17 goal difference and were pretty good at the back as well. So from that point of view, is there this is Strasbourg team that was up, on the up and up. And that was mainly due to their strike partnership. Which consisted of predominantly, and this is a guy whose name that I am going to butcher, but I'm going to have a go at it anyway. Ludovic Ar Aquarque, I think is how you pronounce his uh, Ajorque. Uh, how you how you pronounce his name? I'm not 100 percent sure. He scored 12 goals, and his incumbent, his partner in crime, Habib Diallo, scored 11 goals. But Habib Diallo's impressive pa- the impressive part of this for Habib Diallo is that um, that he did that coming off the bench. More than um, coming off the bench, uh, more than, uh, than than Ludovic. A uh, Jorge did because Habib Diallo actually only started 16 games for Strasbourg last season and came off the bench in 15 of those games yet he still had an 11 goal haul and, and he had one assist as well so very efficient player when he was utilised he was utilised well he was able to use his time on the field and score goals and I think that's really important uh, an important thing because if he does come in here at Aston Villa he's going to be in a rotation with Ali Watkins Danny Ings Cameron Archer and I think that, uh, you know, that that he could be somebody. And if we are looking for a striker to bring in somebody to complement that stable of strikers. But well, I think this guy could be a very, very shrewd purchase indeed. But let's take a look at some of the stats to see uh, how he fares out in relation to some of the guys that we already have in the books. So. Here we have it, Habib Diallo, he's six foot and one half of an inch, so he immediately, I think, he will be our tallest striker, but not by much. He's right-footed, he is 27, just gone twenty-seven, or just coming up, will be 27 years of age uh, in a couple of days' time. We're recording this on the 16th of June, and he is will be 27 on the 18th of June. His current transfer market value as per transfermarket.co.uk is 10 million pounds. And we can see there he scored 11 goals last season. He scored zero that accounted for 0.64 goals per 90 minutes, which is really high. It's up there in the top 12% of all strikers in Europe last season. And he does have some, he does have some uh, experience playing from the right hand side, but not an awful lot. He is predominantly a center forward. And what we can see about this guy is this guy loves to get into the, he loves to get into the box. He loves to be on the end of stuff. Um, he participates relatively little in the build up play uh, he's not a huge passer of the ball uh, as in he's not going to be one of these guys who's going to drop he's going to link play he's going to get on the end of the ball again that's for the Ollie Watkins of this world that's for the Danny Ings of this world to do uh, habib bay is more or habib diallo habib bay there's a Freudian slip habib diallo is more of a goal scorer and a goal getter and that's why i think it's an interesting one for him to come in because we have the effort of the other two guys and we will see this again. Um, we will see this uh, when we look at the guys in, in in greater detail in a moment. Um, he is a very good finisher of the ball. He's really, really efficient uh, when he takes shots with the ball. He doesn't miss many ma- many big chances. We can see there he's missed eight big sco- big chances, which isn't a lot in the greater scheme of things. His scoring frequency is brilliant. Comes in at pretty much a game, every game and a half. Uh, is when he's when he's scoring goals and and that is just it's, it's actually under that so he scores a goal every 1.5 games which is absolutely brilliant considering he's come off the bench an awful lot this season as well and uh, and that is something that we should marvel at and that's something we should be looking at somebody who has that poacher's instinct Um one of the big things with him or one of the things that i found when i watched him is that when he does get the ball he kind of he he doesn't create space for other people he wants to bring that ball in he wants to attract that pressure to himself and within the premier league i don't think that's a very bad thing ollie watkins tries to do it but i don't think he's very you don't think it's his best uh his best attribute danny ings doesn't do it uh, and that's certainly not what danny danny ings brings to the table. But uh, Habib Diado does that. He tries to attract attention to himself and bring people in, kind of like Benteke did when he was on form for Aston Villa. Um, it's like his quality as a finisher just bounces off the page. You know, when you watch him play, when you watch the goals that he scored, he can score goals at a very good clip. He's, he's efficient. He's very effective in, goal, in in front of goal. And that's what he wants to do. He's got superb composure. He doesn't fluff his lines. He doesn't fluff his lines in one-on-ones. Um, he's he's something I think we need, a natural finisher, because for all the great things that Watkins and Ings do, yes, Cameron Archer is coming up through the ranks, but I think that Habib Diallo is, is that natural finisher to come in and compliment people, specifically if we were going to let um, maybe a Cameron Archer go out on loan again this season. And I know a lot of people want him to stay. I actually wouldn't be too. I don't mind what happens as long as it's the best thing for his development. Because we need to protect Cameron Archer at all costs, given the talent that he has. And yes, if the club feel that he is that he is good enough or he has progressed well enough to play in the Premier League week in week out, 100%. I absolutely agree. But I, I'm going to trust the club to deal with him how they see fit, see fit for his development and based on what they see from him. Because what I what they see with him, because I see a really really good player there, and I don't want to. I don't want to risk throwing him in there too early and then maybe getting a couple of lull years as he tries to figure things out. I prefer him to join the Aston Villa front line when he's fully formed and he could very well be fully formed now. I just want the club to make that determination more so than me watching him for whatever, less than 20 games or less than 30 games that he's played in his senior career. But that's Cameron Archer. This is Habib Diallo. And Habib Diallo, he's He's adept at scoring goals with his right, with his left foot and with his head as well. So he's somebody that isn't going to be pigeonholed about getting the ball to him in a certain a certain sp- space or certain um, specific um, shot area. Just like because I think that, that with Danny Ings and with Ollie Watkins, I think they are hampered with the fact that they're very one foot, one foot dominant. And we don't really have that, that good aerial threat either that goes with either of those players.
1: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Um, also with, with Habib Diado, before we really look into his stats and we dig into why his stats are so good as well, he is... Um. Like he's he's one of these guys who he he won't do a massive amount of work in 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 uh, in trying to win the ball back, but he will pressure 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 specifically in the mid third and the attacking third. You can see there if he forces a, a, an error, he will capitalize on it. He If he forces an area, he will capitalize. If you have a defender that's hesitant and he gets the ball off him, you like you'll see him score a goal. He's that type of player. he's a nuisance in and around that area, and uh he's well adept at you know sneaking and robbing balls if he gets the opportunity to do it, taking it around the goalkeeper, slotting it into the back of the, into the back of the net. and Villa, I don't think have somebody with that composure that can do that in the um in the in the forward line. He always puts himself in a brilliant position to score. You know, even when he's receiving ball with his back to goal, he has this ability kind of like, it's not as gangly and as, uh, as unorthodox as somebody like uh, Filippo Inzaghi was back in the late 90s or early 2000s for anyone of that vintage. Inzaghi always had this brilliant ability to be able to hold the ball up for somebody who was so so skinny. He was able to hold the ball up and then get turned out of nowhere and have a shot, have a snapshot. Diallo kind of has that as well, but he's a lot more fluid, and he looks like he knows what he's doing a lot more than Felipe Engaghi did. But um, he's able to turn around, hit the ball, and pivot. He's 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 got decent speed as well to be able to turn, get away from players. But he doesn't use that speed to make go on massive long long busting ru- bust busting runs. What he does is he uses it to get out of trouble and then backs himself to shoot and to score. One of the things we can see here from his. Um, From his uh, the the average shot distance is his average shot distance is twelve yards out from goal. So he gets in the box, he gets in the end of corners, and he's he's a poacher's instinct inside in in, within the box. And I really like that because I think that's something that Villa need against certain teams, specifically teams we're going to beat. We need to have that ruthless striker, and maybe we don't need to have somebody who is all effort all around the field like an Ali Watkins or a Danny Ings. Maybe if we've got somebody up there that can occupy the defenders, make them make a mistake, and when they do, capitalize on it. Because based on the last two seasons, one of the weakest areas, I would say, with Ali Watkins is one-on-ones with goalkeepers. And that's something that we would immediately increase, immediately make better by the signing of somebody like Habib Diallo had to change it up and make it different for how we would play against certain teams. Um, Like, he's a penalty box player, as what... Definitely, his movement to the penalty box is really good. He gets into areas to help him score, as I say. He's left-footed, right-footed with his head. It doesn't really matter what way it comes to him. He's comfortable. He's composed, uh, and uh, and uh, he, he does show that on tape as well. He's not really a player that, that you're going to see blow your mind with creating um, creating chances for other players, but he can roam to the sides, as I, as I mentioned previously. And Sometimes when he roams, it does help the build-up. And when we've got somebody who may be be trundling through the middle, like a a Philippe Coutinho, he's not just going to occupy and rob all that space in the middle, like we've seen happen sometimes before with the Danny Ings or with with Nolly Watkins. He's cute enough that he's able to move out onto the wings and he's comfortable enough, albeit not his best position, he's comfortable doing that. Um, he does support teammates in the, in the attacking play as well. But once again, as I say, this guy, all it's in his head is scoring goals. You know, he's a born bred goal scorer and, uh, and it, it comes across on, on the screen as well. Um, he's like, his, his defensive role, as you can see there by his statistics, it's just really to press, hinder opponents building up. Tried to make them make mistakes higher up the field, but you know, not really diving into tackles, not trying to win the ball as much back up up the field. But he does put in his pressures. And he does tend to track back a small a bit for a striker. You can see that there with the amount of pressures that he has in the middle third of the field as well, and the pressures that he has in the attacking third. So he's uh, he doesn't shirk his defensive responsibilities, but uh, he's not going to be somebody who's going to f- going to track a left back all the way back towards towards his own penalty area, put in a tackle and get the crowd going again. Like There's very few strikers who do that, but Habib Diallo, as I say, he wants to be up there. He wants to be there to get into good positions to score goals. And looking at some of his his statistics here, we can see that from his, his attacking statistics, they're actually really, really good. Average shot distance, the goals per shot. So he scores 0.18 goals per shot he takes, and that puts him right up. In the top 20% of all strikers within Europe's top five leagues. And that is, you know, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for this ruthless efficiency. I'm looking for this guy who can come in and make, cha- make his own chances on a nothing. And when he gets a shot away, he's going to pop it right in the corner and not straight down the keeper's throat. And that's what this guy does. Really high shot on target rate, really, really um, decent amount of shots per game. He takes shots. Once again, if you don't shoot, you can't score. And he takes shots at a bigger clip, a much bigger clip than what we see the um the the current incumbents, the current strikers that we have already. His scoring frequency for me is phenomenal. A goal every 140 minutes is really good, specifically for a striker who's coming off the bench, came off the bench in 15 games this season, only started in 16 as well. You can see that what I mentioned about is not really being, being in the build-up phase of uh, of play. You can see that born out there with regards to his passing stats. Doesn't really have a massive amount of attempts. His completion rate isn't good at all. Doesn't have an awful lot of key passes. But where he does... It does have here is goal creating acts. So what he does on the field does create opportunities for goal scoring, um for, for goal scoring within the team. And that's okay with me. I like that because as I say, give him the ball and somebody's gonna to have to take the shot at some stage. And sometimes I think Gaston Villa have been they've been guilty of maybe trying to uh, trying to have the perfect shot. And we've seen that with Cameron Archer and his snapshots for the under-23s. And that's what gets people up off their seats. Somebody like Habib Diallo can be like that as well. Just knows how to find the bottom corner or the top corner or wherever the ball needs to go to go into the net. Um, he's well able to carry the ball. You'd know that he's played on the wing previously as well. You can see there he's dribble completions up in the top 30%. percent He's pretty, pretty successful. It coming in at roughly one in every two of his, of his uh, dribbles are successful. As I said previously, his pressure rates are really good with regards to how he gets around the field and how he influences uh, play in the defensive uh, area, specifically in the middle third of the field also. Let's look at the bullseye map that we have here on the side as well. This puts him up against Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings. And what we can see here is that while he does, we see here the defensive side over here, the pressures um, to at the, what we're going to call it, the 10 o'clock on the clock here. Uh, he doesn't come anywhere near the lads and pressures, but he does does a decent amount. And we can see that the other guys on the team, they, they, they spend an awful lot of time pressuring the ball. They're no, they take nowhere near as many shots as Habib Diallo has uh, in, in, over the last 365 days for Strasbourg. And nowhere near the amount of shots that they take go on target either. So there's a worrying trend with both our strikers here is that they, they don't take an awful lot of shots. But even when they do take shots, their, their uh, shot on target rate is quite low. You know, we were looking at Ali Watkins as a shot on target with rate of under thirty five uh, percent of his shots go on target. Danny, or sorry, that's Danny Ings under thirty five percent go on target. With Ali Watkins, it's up closer to forty percent. forty percent. Habib Diallo is up closer to forty five percent. More shots on target, more likely to score goals. And um, once again, we can also see here that goals per shot, uh, he's so far out ahead of, uh, out ahead of the guys there. And when we look at big chances missed, he comes in, in the middle of the pack in between Danny Ings and Ali uh, Watkins actually misses less big chances than uh, I thought when I was looking at this as well. I would imagine if I was to look back on those, most of those are one-on-ones. But where the biggest delta between, between Habib Diallo and the two current strikers that we have here is in scoring frequency. Our two current strikers score uh, score goals at, a, at like one in three rate where is Habib Diallo is scoring, scoring goals at one in one and a half. And as I mentioned, that's coming off the bench as well. So there's a lot to like about this guy, both in his statistics, but both on what you, about what you see on the field as well. And also the current role he's playing within Strasbourg. You know, if he's moving towards Aston Villa, he's not going to be this guy who's going to want to be uh, the number one striker. Or maybe he will, but I think the biggest thing here is that he's going to have uh, the experience of coming off the bench and trying to affect the game. I think it's a learned experience that gets overlooked an awful lot that if you are the the cock of the walk and if you are the, the number one striker in a club, and next thing you move to another club and all of a sudden you don't have 45, 50, 60 minutes to ease yourself into a game. You only have 20, 25 minutes to ease yourself in the game. You're not used to coming on as a substitute. That can be difficult because... Certain like certain players, you will look at it when you look at when when certain players and what minutes they score by, they score within. They kind of almost get hot minutes during or hot periods during games, and that happens regularly. And it's almost a case of right, a team is gonna fe- is gonna feel out uh, another team for the first fifteen minutes, and then boom, someone like Mohamed Salah springs into action for twenty five minutes and does a load of damage, and, and and that's that's essentially a tactic that some teams will use. But when you've got a, a player like Habib Diallo who's used to coming off the bench, he doesn't need those those minutes to warm up. And I'm not saying Salah needs those minutes either. But you know what I'm getting at here? That uh, his natural instinct will allow him to get his eye in on goal pretty quickly. Um, and I would hope that that would translate into the Premier League. So just very, very quickly looking at uh, at how he fares against, against the other guys here in more granular detail here. So once again, a lot of green on the Habib Diallo side here. He's got more shots, more shots on target, more shots. Uh, he, he he takes he scores more goals per shots taken. He's got a shorter average shot distance and he wins more aerial jewels than Ali Watkins. Um you know we can see there that it's very comparable then in the passing stats between himself and Ali Watkins. And once again, in the possession when he's in and out of possession, himself and Watkins perform pretty much the same in an awful lot of areas there with the with Watkins having more pressures. Watkins pressures at 17.62 pressures per game and Habib Diallo pressures at 15.83. But they're very similar in the passing in the possession in and out stats there, but the attacking stats are very heavily weighted in Habib Diallo's uh, favour, which is something that interests me. Even more so when we look at Danny Ings. Danny Ings, Habib Diallo almost beats him in every key category. Um, without a shadow of a doubt. Once again, he loses out in the pressure sticks. And I think our two strikers are probably doing too much, too much work in chasing the ball down, and they're almost too industrious in trying to win the ball back as opposed to being in the right areas to put the ball in the back of the net. And there is an argument to be made that that's something that needs to change this season, and that's go- the only way that's going to change is by having a better midfield to win that ball back uh, and, and to create a better platform for our strikers. But we will, uh, as I say, time will tell with regards to that. And don't worry, I have Cameron Archer here. I don't have all the stats for Cameron Archer because, believe it or not, some of the stats are not tabulated for championship teams. So I only have some stats. And I've popped, him, popped those in here. So what we can see here, Cameron Archer comes in at 2.5 shots per 90 minutes. He's got a better shot on target rate than Habib Diallo. Habib Diallo comes in at 44%. Cam Archer comes in at 44.4%. Very similar goals per shot ratio. Very similar average shot distance. Uh, and so on. You can see here. You can see the the what what I'm trying to lay out here. The Cameron Archer is getting there. He's getting to to be a really efficient striker, and I want to see him continue on with his development for sure. So that's a little quick one on Habib Diallo, a Strasbourg striker, hasn't been linked as I mentioned, but the qualities he brings to the table from a striking efficiency point of view, as opposed to and and. and as opposed to what we have already, but he also marries in some of those aspects of, of the defensive side of things that, the, that our two incumbents have been asked to do with regards to pressure rates and stuff like that. I think Habib Diallo would, if we could get him for that 10 million mark, I think he'd be an absolute steal. I'm going to be really honest with you. 27 years of age, just coming up in the Senegalese International, has a lot of experience playing in the French League. You know he's played with uh, Mets. He's he had a one and two rate almost for Mets. He's got a one and three rate for Strasbourg. You know he's been a proficient striker wherever he's gone. Ten caps for Senegal, two goals as well. So this is a guy that uh, that uh, I think could be a very good cog in the wheel and uh, somebody that uh, I think could, could excel within the Premier League as well, not just with Aston Villa, and that's why I picked him out here. So that's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much. I hope you guys are enjoying these coding series. Uh, I'm really enjoying them anyway. And I think that's the main thing. But uh, if you do like this, please give it a thumbs up. Please like it. Please share and subscribe to the podcast. Please share and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you aren't doing that already. We have our I have also a Patreon page. Don't often ask for anything from you guys. But if you guys are interested in this, all of my scouting series pieces, and I will be continuing to do these with, into the season as well, looking at specific players and doing scouting series. And uh, I will be putting all of these slide decks up on Patreon. If you guys do wish to see them, you can check that out as well. Um, but... As I say, we will always bring to you in podcast form at a later date then as well. So if anybody's interested in that, you can check it out as well. Patreon.com and you just search for For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast. But everybody, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. You've been legends. You're always legends. And thank you so much for everything you do for the podcast. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And until next time, all that's left to say is up the villa.
0: Chumba, ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full worth for by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.